Hello and welcome in. Thanks for joining us for the latest edition of the Frary and Smith podcast. Week two is officially behind us and week three action kicks off in just three days. Before we get to today's episode, we wanted to tell you about our last. We released our week two recap that broke down Saturday's biggest games. Plus, Caden and I reviewed all the need-to-know storylines ahead of week three. If you missed it, make sure you go back and give it a listen. Today on episode 115 of the show, we are excited to welcome our second Sunbelt athlete of the season to the Prairie and Smith podcast. Each Wednesday throughout the season, we're going to talk to some of the biggest Sunbelt stars. Caleb Hood joined us in week one. We've got a great guest today and plenty more to follow this year. With that said, Caden, why don't you tell us a little bit more about today's special guest? Yeah, this is a special one, Noah. We're joined by a college football journeyman, a guy that spent time in the SEC at LSU and at Auburn. It's none other than TJ Finley, the quarterback at Texas State. He shared a ton just about his fantastic journey to Texas State, what kind of intrigued him about Texas State, and this amazing start and that impact they made in week one against Baylor. So fantastic stuff that I can't wait for the listeners to listen to. Well, here's a little bit more about TJ. He was a highly recorded quarterback out of Ponchatoula High School in Louisiana. He committed to LSU as a sophomore and would go on to become the team's starting quarterback in 2020 as a true freshman. After that freshman season, he transfers to Auburn, where he spent two seasons on the Plains. During his two SEC stops, TJ started 11 games and threw for over 2,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. Following the conclusion, though, of this past season, TJ entered the transfer portal, enrolled at Texas State in June of 2023, and promptly won the starting job ahead of week one. TJ has already made a name for himself at Texas State and in the Sun Belt in week one. He guided the Bobcats to their first ever win over Baylor. In the win, he threw for 298 yards and was responsible for four touchdowns. His performance earned him Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Week honors along with recognition from the Manning and Davey O'Brien Awards. TJ has quickly become one of the brightest stars in the Sunbelt. He's already proved to be a critical piece in that Bobcats high-scoring offense and looks to propel Texas State to their first winning season since 2014 and their first bowl appearance in program history this fall. Well, let's not waste any more time. Texas State's TJ Finley is here. It's time to hear from one of the must-watch quarterbacks in the Sun Belt. Well, we are really excited to have Texas State quarterback TJ Finley on the Prairie and Smith podcast. TJ, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, TJ, it's been quite the first two weeks of the season for Texas State. Everyone knows about the upset over Baylor by now. Plus, this team played a really tight game this past weekend against UTSA in front of a huge crowd. And now you're getting set for your home opener. What have these first two weeks of the season been like for you and this team? Yeah, a bunch of highs, a bunch of lows. Um, as you know, like you said, we we went into um, the you know the Big Twelve and, and beat a very good opponent opponent in Baylor. Um, so you know. Really, with that being the first game of the year, you kind of get high on yourself and you kind of get the high horse and the big head and stuff like that. And then we go into UTSA at the Alamo Dome and they kind of humble us a little bit. They they whooped our butts up front. Um, they they out-physical out us in the run game. They covered us better than we ran routes. Um, and I'm just speaking offensively because that's where I'm at. Um, and, and so it, it, it puts us back to square one, right? To, it shows us what we're good at, shows us what we need to improve on. And I think we we honestly needed that um, to shake us up a little bit going into 
these next two weeks um, and then also going into uh, Sunbelt play. So I think, we, you know, we learned some valuable lessons in that aspect. Um, we're able to come back together and regroup and recoup and, and, and make sure everybody is on the same page with what we're trying to get accomplished here. Appreciate you joining us, TJ. And one of the parts of your game that's the most fun to watch is just your size at the position. It's no secret you're a big and tall guy at six foot seven. When did that growth spurt really hit you growing up? And how does that and how did that impact you as an athlete? It seems like it led you down this path of football. Yeah, absolutely. I've always been uh, one of the bigger kids, um, you know, in rec league and stuff like that. Um, I, I I was actually too tall to play in the 10 through 12 um, or I think it was like a 10, 11 age group in, in, in rec ball and basketball. So I had to play up and stuff like that. So that mentality of, uh, you know, always playing up and always playing against better talent has always been the case for me. Um, but, you know, the big growth spurt happened my sophomore year going in, going into my junior year. I went from like maybe six two, six three to like six six, six five, something like that. So uh, that was the biggest growth spurt I, I've had. But you know, over time, I gradually grew uh, one to two inches a year. So TJ, it sounds like what you're saying is you've never had trouble getting on roller coasters. You've always been up to those height requirements, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. By by the time I was able to talk and able to pick what rides I wanted to go on, I was tall enough to to ride them. Well, TJ, your recruiting journey is different uh, than most players in this league. You were one of the top prospects in the nation coming out of high school. You could kind of go to almost any school you wanted to. What was that experience like, and what do you feel like you learned during that high school recruiting process? Yeah, for sure. J- just going back to, to like you said, uh, being a high, highly recruited guy, going to the Elite 11, being ranked um, one of the top 11 passers in, in the country in my class and stuff like that. Um, and then seeing guys that I was, I was, uh, you know, recruited against and, and comp- you know, competing with at the Elite 11 in the league now um, is a true testament to what I can do. You know, is a true testament to my arm talent and, and my ability to lead a team and stuff like that. So, um, you know, going to LSU my freshman year, um, you know, had some ups and downs. You know, they just got off a national championship, didn't work out there. Um, going to Auburn, I, I learned a lot, you know, different systems, different coaches, stuff like that. Um, and, and really the the learning curve for both of those schools were, you know, really it's not about the place. You know, it, it's not about the big name. It's not about going to Alabama and it's not about going to Georgia. It's not about, you know, going swag or, or, or you know, different conferences, things like that. It's really about the per, the people you surround yourself with, the opportunities they give you the confidence they instill in you to run their offense and, and not only just the offense, but but the system that they run. So, you know, just picking the right system was my main focus uh, coming out of, out, of, out of the portal this time. You know, I, I could have stayed power five. I could have went somewhere bigger and competed with a guy and won the job anywhere. Um, you know, I was recruited by a lot of schools coming out of the portal this time. I just decided to come here. Um, I really, 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 really trust Coach Kenny and and his plan for for me and this team. And so, you know, I, I think people are going to see that come to fruition these next couple of weeks. TJ, you mentioned your time as a starting quarterback at LSU and Auburn. And you also mentioned that time period of getting recruited out of the transfer portal. Could you maybe pull back the curtain for our audience and kind of describe what the process is like getting recruited out of the transfer portal, maybe versus high school? Yeah, so it's a little different, um, but ultimately really the same. You know, you get courted by different schools. They they send you on visits and and things like that. And I'm not sure of the rules now, but. Um, back in the day, you were limited on official visits and stuff like that. So you had to pick out your five top schools out of high school um, that you wanted to go visit. Luckily for me, I was committed as an early 
um, you know, at an early age. So I really didn't didn't want to go on many visits and stuff like that because I didn't want LSU to, you know, try to recruit another guy or anything like that. I wanted them to know that I was locked in. So um, but just just coming out of the portal as a transfer, um, you know, really, you are what you put on tape. So, you know, if you're putting on on tape that you're, you know, a good guy, um, good, high character guy, good leader, things of things of that nature. Um, you have a lot of different schools wanting to reach out to you and wanting you to join their program and, and bring that to their program. So um, ultimately, it's it's really the same deal. You know, coaches, um, you know, tell you what they tell you. They they try to get you on campus and show you around and show you the offense and things of that nature. Um, and, and ultimately, the, des- the decision comes down to what, what best fits for you. TJ, we've heard it's chaotic. How chaotic is it after you initially put your name into the portal before you start hearing from these coaches? Oh, yeah, it, it gets hectic. And, you know, you have coaches calling you left and right. I actually tried to take a vacation with my fiance, um, which was my girlfriend at the time. And uh, she just she got aggravated with me because my phone was blowing up all day. I would try to take her on dinner dates and stuff like that. My phone was blowing up all day. And, you know, ultimately, she understood it's a part of the business. Right. She She's a she's a football wife. She's going to be a football wife and, and going to be that forever. So um, she understood. And. and but, you know, the phone calls didn't stop. Even when I committed uh, and things like that, I wasn't uh, eligible to get here until after I graduated um, that spring. Um, so the phone still rung. You know, coaches still called and, and wanted to see if I was interested in this opportunity or that opportunity. But um, it, it was a fun process. I enjoyed it. But um, I ended up right where I needed to be. Now, speaking on that, you ultimately choose Texas State. What stood out about Coach Kinney and this program compared to maybe some of the other programs that recruited you? And why was Texas State the right fit for TJ Finley at this time? Yeah, just going back to Coach Kinney, you know, his vulnerability and the stuff that he's been through um, that he was that he was willing to share with me during my official visit. Um, I, I've never had that in a coach, um, you know, the, the only grown man that I've ever had those conversations with was my father, right? The, the vulnerability to be able to sit there and the humility to to tell me what went wrong here and, you know, what he wished he could have changed here and this and that. Um, we, we have kind of similar stories, right? You know, he he was a guy out, coming out of high school, very, you know, highly recruited, stuff like that, went a place, transferred to Tulsa, um, if I'm not mistaken, and, and things like that. So, um Coach Kenny is just a real dude, you know, and I've been around a lot of coaches. I know the real from the fake um, and I know what's, you know, what what it is and what it could be. Right. And, uh, you know, just Texas State is a special place. Right. Uh, I think the city, San Marcos is coming up, you know, a lot, a, a lot of new buildings, a lot of new houses and a lot of new people wanting to move here. The new Bronzeville area, um, 30 minutes from from Austin, 30 minutes from San Antonio, perfect area, you know, so. Um, it was a no burner, you know, when coach Kenny called my phone and, and also he called some guys at Auburn that he knew, um, asking about me and stuff like that. And when those guys told me that, that coach Kenny was a great guy and a great coach to be a part of, it was a no brainer for me. Yeah. We've definitely talked to him our fair share of time since he got the job and there's no question he's building something special there in San Marcos. And we're glad, I'm sure he's glad that you saw that too, but heading into the season, we know each player sets goals. I know for my playing days, well, there was all conference goals individually or team goals, you wanted the whole team to achieve championship aspirations. What were your goals headed into this season and what parts of your game maybe were you trying to grow the most before you took the field for the first time for the Bobcats? Absolutely. I think number one was leadership, right? Being able to to come in early, um, you know, as fast as I could, which which was the summer one or summer two session in July. Um, I missed the summer one session due to some academic things going on at Auburn. But um, being able to come in and, and really um, – 
you know, take what I, I've been through at other schools and kind of put that on this team, right? Being able to to bring that winning mentality, bring that leadership and stuff like that. And and for my teammates to vote me as a captain, um, that means a lot to me. And that was my number one goal, going, you know, coming here was, was I wanted to be a captain, right? I wanted to be the leader of the offense, the leader of the team. I wanted the guys to really feel and believe in me and, and stuff like that. And, and I think I accomplished that goal. And uh, being able to to do that week in and week out, uh, whether we lose or, or, or win, um, I think that's important for the morale of the team. Also, um, as far as personal goals, I, I'm really not big on personal goals. I, I think, um, you know, those kind of take care of themselves as long as you handle the team first, right? It, you know, if, if the O-line is blocking the, the right guy, then I'll throw for 500 a game. If, if the receivers are catching the ball and the running back is is running the, the right route and he's, you know, doing what he's coached to do, if I'm doing what I'm coached to do, the stats will come. So as far as personal goals, you know, um, you know, and of course there's a benchmark of, of you know, that I have in my head of where I want to get to um, just so I can prepare myself and put myself in the best position to make it to the next level. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, the, the biggest thing is winning, right? You, you want to win ball games, and, and the, the the more you win, the more the NFL kind of looks at you and, and, and likes that mentality. So being a leader and, and really bringing that winning mentality here was my two personal goals for, for you know, this season. Well, I can imagine the Texas State fans that are going to listen to this episode uh, will certainly appreciate hearing you that. There's obviously been losing in the past couple of years, and they're excited about having a winner in San Marcos. Uh, TJ, you've played, and you mentioned it earlier, just in multiple different offensive systems. What makes this Texas State offense so unique? Yeah, and you can see it, right, from from the splits, from the, the tempo, um, the type of routes that we run, the route tree that we run it is very unique, right? It's more of that Tennessee type of offense. Um, that the vertical choice down the field type of offense, you know, taking shots and stuff like that. Now we do have a, a, a lot of quick game as well bit, built into that and a lot of run game RPO stuff. So it's just a variety of what we can do in this offense, especially with the splits. You know, it, it, it really causes problems for de- for defenses to really match what we do. Right. UTSA was was a great, great match team. Right. They they came out and they hit us in the mouth with. And against offenses like ours, that's what you have to do. You have to come out and be physical and stuff like that. Um, and they did they did a hell of a job of that. Um, but as far as just we're we're just we're just different in every aspect, right? We we have guys that can move up front, um, you know, guys that can switch around and play different positions and stuff like that. Um, it, a, a lot of vertical choice game and stuff like that. Stuff that. You wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily see in the SEC, right? You see the normal splits, the more pro style offense, the RPO game and stuff like that. Not really the vertical choice and, and stuff like that. So I think that's that's what we do to to present problems to um, our opponents. Now you said it right there. You got here late in the spring, and obviously this is something very different. What allowed you to pick up this offense so quickly? Yeah, really just the ability to come up here and study day in and day out, um, and, and then being also being able to go home. Uh, with my fiance and and her help me study and her help me draw plays and her calling out plays and coverage and stuff like that. You know, like I said, she's a she's going to be a football wife, so she she understands the importance of of coming home and and me being able to study and me, me being able to watch film and stuff like that. So, um, really being able to do that and, and really lock in on on that aspect of it. Uh, you know, and I graduated this spring, so not having classes this summer also helped. Um, it, it gave me that extra time to kind of focus on what I was doing um, (laughs) 
what I was doing, you know, football wise and, and being able to really dive deep into the playbook. And Coach Leftwich did a great job of, of meeting with me over Zoom while I was at home, you know, trying to get everything situated um, to kind of get me acclimated to what we wanted to do offensively. TJ, we got to talk about that week one game, obviously an exciting game against Baylor that featured a ton of memorable moments for you and this team. What stood out to you about this game? And did you have that iconic help the bear Instagram caption already queued up before the game? Is that something you had in your head already? No, it's not. It's actually something that some of my teammates came up with after the game. Um, they they were, you know, on TikTok and stuff like that. And then I think a video came up of an African-American guy saying something like, if you ever see me getting in a fight with a grizzly bear, help the, help the bear. And so I kind of heard it in the background and I was like, I'm going I'm to wait till tomorrow to post the, the pictures and use that caption. But, um, you know, it was a great game all around. Defense did a hell of a job, uh, you know, standing up and, and those third down and fourth down stops that they got at the end of the game was really key. Um, again, in that game, we, we learned a valuable lesson as well. We can't let our foot off the neck. We could have put up 50 points if we wanted to. Right. And in the fourth quarter, we kind of got complacent and and. Really, the, the big theme there was when we need to run the ball in four minutes to save some clock and, and some, to run some clock off the off the um, run some time off the clock. We have to be able to execute it and do those things. So really valuable lessons in, in that game as well. We had a lot of uh, a lot of highs, like I said earlier in this interview, a lot of highs in that game, um, you know, which kind of let us know where we can be. Um, and, and then this past weekend, you know. Got hit in the mouth a little bit, got shooken up a little bit, but I think we'll for sure bounce back for sure. Yeah, you guys are looking to bounce back. You'll play your third game of the season uh, this weekend against Jackson State. It's the home opener. When people watch this football team, TJ, what do you want this team to be known for? The explosiveness, right? I, I think in this type of offense, the the team that's more explosive, um, especially in this league and really leagues that I've been a part of, uh, especially the SEC and then going out and playing Penn State and, and all those all those schools, um, explosive plays, right? On defense, holding the team to under two to three explosive plays, you win the game, right? On offense, you have five or more explosive plays, you win the game usually most of the time. So really just just being dynamic and, and diverse in what we can do, the the motions and getting guys in right spots and really taking shots downfield. So um, we, we want to put up a lot of points. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're perfectly fine with getting in shootouts with, with offenses because we know we can go toe-to-toe with the best offense in the nation. So uh, being able to do that and score a lot of points, I think, will be a, a important for us going forward. Taking things off the field a little bit, TJ, you're in your fourth college season. You've been to multiple schools. As you've mentioned, you're engaged. You have your degree. Could you maybe speak about this season as your, of your life as an older player and what you're able to bring to this team kind of because of that experience? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it brings maturity. You know, we have a lot of young guys that that look up to me, whether I know it or not. Um, and, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling it. Um, they kind of call me the a older guy and stuff like that. They, they want to jump on my back and, and do all those things that little guys do. Um, but you know, I love it. You know, I have, I have, I don't know if you guys know or not, I haven't made it public, but I have twins on the way. Um, me, my, me and my fiance are, are expecting twins and stuff like that. So they're kind of getting me prepared for that, that fatherhood type of thing. But, um, it, it, it really brings maturity to this team, you know, and I think, especially at the quarterback position, you, you really need that um, as far as the leadership aspect, being able to handle the highs, never get too high, never get too low, um, being mature in, in different situations, being able to handle adversity. Um, and, and I'm very open with what I've been through to the guys. You know, we, we sit down, we sat down this summer and had breakout sessions and, and stuff like that. And I was able to, you know, voice what I've been through and, and really what helped me along the way and stuff like that. And 
I've been in, in some guys' shoes where they're not seeing the field when they feel like they should be seeing the field and, and stuff like that. So just being able to help those guys with that mindset and, and um, that maturity, I, I think, is, is very important. And it's what I've been able to, to do since I've been in this, this league for a while. Well, certainly allow us to be the first to congratulate you on just that exciting news uh, for you and your fiance. I had another question here, but I got to ask, how big of an impact has you know she made in your life? I've, I'm recently engaged as well, and I know just having that person in your corner is huge. How big has that been in your football career and just in life? Yeah, absolutely. She's my world, you know, and I wouldn't have proposed to her if I didn't believe that truly 100%. Um, she's my everything, right? She She makes me a better man. Um, you know, she pushes me in areas that I don't want to be pushed. And, and that's what men need. Right. That's what we need as quarterbacks. We really need to be pushed in areas we don't want to be pushed in. And so she brings that aspect to my life. She makes life easy for me, you know, coming home to a cook meal, coming home to a made bed and a clean house and stuff like that. She makes life easier on me being able to come home after a long day and just see her smile and stuff like that. And, and all I really have to do is the little things. Right. All I have to do is sit there and listen to her and be there for her and stuff like that, especially with this pregnancy. You know, her first trimester was was very, very hard. And I wasn't I wasn't the best with with being there for her because as a man, I don't understand what women go through. Right. So, um, you know, I've had my my trial and error and stuff like that, where I'm making her frustrated and stuff like that, where she gets aggravated and hormones everywhere and stuff like that. So um, but but she's my everything, man. She 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 brings the best out of me day in and day out, whether she's upset with me or not. Um, you know, and, and I know she only wants the best for me, right? So uh being able to lead her, um, and and I'm growing in a lot of areas. We're young, right? We're 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 just now kicking this stuff off. We've been dating since high school. Um, so a lot has changed since we've been 16, 17 years old. We're we're young adults now bringing two kids into the world. So we have we, we kind of have to grow together and, and that's what we've been doing. Um but man, it, it's it's a it's a fun thing to be a part of, right? That love, that commitment that you make to one another and stuff like that. So um yeah, it's she's my everything. And and her being there for me and everything, she she knows, like I said earlier, she's a football wife. She knows how important football is to me and this family. Um and so she does a great job supporting me in that and and, and being what I need in that aspect. Uh, that's great stuff. Definitely happy for the both of you and the family you're gonna continue to build on here in the near future, but you're a Louisiana guy. You've been all over the South the last couple of years in the SEC. Now you're a Texan. What's been your favorite part about Texas so far? Really the interstates, right? The the being able to get to point A to point B in, in like less than five to six minutes because you, you all you got to do is hop on the, on the interstate. Um, that is one, one amazing thing. You don't have to take many back roads and stuff like that that you got to do down in the South. Um, and then other than that, really just the, the camaraderie of this of this town. Right. They they it's a football town, uh, really kind of similar to Auburn and, and Baton Rouge and stuff like that. Um, you know, they want to see the school win. They're, they're very supportive, want to be involved and stuff like that. Um, and, and they pay attention to the details, to the small things. Right. So they, they know, you know, day in and day out what times we practice and what times we do stuff like that. And they want to be involved and they want to. You know, like I said earlier, they want to win, right? So just being able to to bring that mentality to this team and, and you know finally get Texas State some wins, I think that'll be important, and it'll be a, a difference maker in recruitment as well. Well, I definitely uh, can echo what you say about the interstates in Texas, TJ. And I've driven through Louisiana too. There's plenty of potholes. You don't see as many of those in Texas, correct? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, last question here before we jump into just some quick rapid fire questions. Take us behind the curtain outside of football. What are some of your interests away from the field right now? Yeah. So number one would be basketball. Right. So can't 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 get away from sports. Right. Um, Basketball would definitely be one of them. If I'm not playing football, I'm definitely playing playing basketball during the summer, during the offseason and stuff like that. Being able to get that conditioning, running up and down the court. um, There's nothing like it. I, I lose the most weight. Uh, when I'm playing basketball. So that'll be number one. And then number two would be definitely ATV riding. Um, I have a huge Can-Am Renegade 1000, which is probably the best bike on the market right now. Um, just sitting at home, hasn't been ridden since this off season and stuff like that. But uh, that'll be that'll be definitely number two, uh, being able to go home with my fam and, and get in the mud a little bit and get in the woods and get in the country and, ha- and have a little fun in that aspect. Um, but really just just being able to spend time with my family. You know, people don't think that's a hobby. But to me, that's really a hobby, being able to be around my family uh, because I, I don't get much time with them. Right. If I'm not working out and training and stuff like that, um, I'm in the middle of season. So being able to go home and kind of spend some time with my whole family, my grandmother and my cousins and, and aunts and uncles and stuff like that, um, you know, is it, very important to me and is a very big hobby for me as well. Football, basketball, motorsports. Sounds like you got got it all covered, TJ. But as Noah mentioned, we'll get into some quick rapid fire. Just three quick questions for you. Sound good? For sure. Absolutely. First one, who is your favorite artist? Uh, Let's go uh, NBA Young Boy. Solid pick. Now, what's your go-to pregame meal? We know the team gives you some different stuff, but what's your favorite fuel before a game on Saturday? I would have to say a ham and cheese omelet, sprinkle a little sausage in there, and maybe some type of carb, maybe a piece of toast or a biscuit or a half a pancake. Can't forget the chocolate milk. <laughs> For sure. Omelette bar is definitely a great move before the game. And last one, TJ Finley, we just want your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. Give us your four favorites, your four best in your eyes. What does your Mount Rushmore look like? Ooh, tough question. Let's go Tom Brady one. Um, no no number order. Let's just go Tom Brady. I'll name four of them. Tom Brady. You got to put Pat Mahomes in there. He's changing the game. Um, and then let's go old school. Let's go um, Dan Marino. And uh, let's go Terry Bradshaw. Well, certainly uh, some solid picks right there, TJ. Really have enjoyed this interview, getting to know you a little bit better. We've enjoyed watching you play on the football field and certainly wish you and your teammates uh, best of luck as you guys continue the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Okay, and it's always fun bringing new student athletes on the podcast. And I have to admit, I really enjoyed this conversation with TJ Finley. He really took us under the helmet, behind the curtain of his life, both on and off the field. Yeah, I really appreciate TJ just being so open with us about his journey. And I think one of my bigger takeaways is just kind of thinking of the misconceptions about the transfer portal versus the reality. You talk about a new program who brought in a ton of different talent in Texas State, and they bring in a guy like TJ Finley, who just brings a different level of experience and maturity to this locker room. I think that was evident through our interview and from what he told us as a goal of wanting to be a leader. So it's funny how leadership just always brought up with the transfer portal. And TJ kind of pulled back the curtain and showed us that, hey, like, despite this team being band together from a bunch of different players from a bunch of different schools. They have a consistent force at quarterback and probably other leaders as well that are just bringing that to the table and bringing this team clearly to new heights just early on in the season. Okay, and I have to admit, when we embarked on this journey last September, I did not have pregnancy announcements on my bingo card for this podcast, but congratulations to the uh, the future Finleys there on that exciting announcement. 
Yeah, definitely our first time breaking some off the field news for sure. But just super cool to also hear about his relationship with his fiance, where they're going and how he's helped in his football journey. So just a great family aspect. This is a family podcast. And I think TJ definitely added a little bit of that element to it, too, in this interview. Well, TJ, certainly now a part of the Frary and Smith podcast family. Well, that's going to do it for another great episode of the Frary and Smith podcast. Again, we'd like to say a special thank you to Texas State's TJ Finley, as well as their associate AD, Chris Coots, for helping make this interview happen. Before you go, don't forget that we'll be back with another episode on Friday where we'll discuss all the big games taking place in week three. We'll also spend a lot of time on our game of the week featuring the Troy Trojans and James Madison Dukes, who happen to be one and two in our Frarian Smith podcast power rankings this week. That'll do it for us here at the Frarian Smith podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, drop us a five-star review before you go. Leave us five stars. Let us know what we can be doing better or what you love about the show. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Frary. We really appreciate you spending more time with us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.